Well, we are on our part three, the third week of our Unwrapping Christmas. And uh, the very first week that we met and we talked about this, we kind of set the scene of what's going to happen just a few short days from now. We know we have the, the mom or dad has walked in with a, with a, with a package, with a, with a bag. And the kids immediately want to begin to find out what's in there. And they go, no, 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 it's Christmas. You can't look, which, of course, just makes it worse. You know, the kid really wants to know. So mom wraps it up, gets it out under the tree or wherever they put it. Kid goes and shakes it, maybe picks at the paper a little bit, sees just a plain brown box, doesn't have any writing or nothing on it. They're like, man, mom and dad are just too sneaky. And... So Christmas morning comes, they pop out of bed, they run out, they open the box, and what's in the box? Socks, that's right. What a letdown. They had all this excitement, and there it is. Socks, why do we do that to our children? They get all excited, and we give them a box of socks. Why? Because they need it, right? They need to keep their little toes warm, and... uh, But there's another scenario that happens as well. And they go in, same scenario, and they open it. And guess what it is? That thing they've always asked for, whether it's the BB gun or the doll or the iPod or whatever it is, the iPad now, whatever it is, the ultimate gift of that season. It's just, that's it. And they get excited and they do a dance. And we talked about how the angels rejoiced when... Jesus, uh, on the night of Jesus' birth, and it was revealed to humanity what God had had in the box, what God was up to all along. And so with that in mind, then we have to understand that Christmas is about God. I already said this, didn't I? Christmas is about God giving to us, and together we're going to unwrap our gift. And when we look at Jesus, do we see God giving us something that we simply need Or do we see God giving to us the ultimate gift ever? When we finally come down and we unwrap and there's Jesus, are we going, thanks, Grandma, socks. Cool, yeah, I'll use them. I'll put them on. One day I'm going to need some socks and thanks for having that. One day I'm going to need Jesus when I die. and Thank you, I'll take that. Covers the need I needed. Um, You know, wasn't what my heart was set on, but, you know, thank you. Or... Do we bust it open and go, Jesus, God, you gave me Jesus. You gave us your son. You gave us the greatest gift ever. Is that really what you did? Because when God gave us Jesus, he gave us the present of presence. He gave us the present of his presence. See, Matthew 1 22 and 23 says all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That his presence is all that's required. So we uh, actually just yesterday was at a at a wedding and uh, we were talking about the wedding gifts and whatnot, and my my son decided that he was going to pop off, and he said, "Well, you know, I, you know, I, I brought a gift." And we're like, "Okay, what'd you bring?" He said, I'm here. Oh, give me a break, kid. And uh, um, 
But really, uh, the presence, when somebody you care about, their presence, it really is all that you really want. There's a, a sweet billboard by a bank here that has the, the yellow ribbons on it and it just simply says, wishing they were here. Why? How can that be something that's such a big deal? Because presence, being together, means so much. Why on earth is this the most expensive busy time of the year to travel whether by car because gas prices always go up for the holiday season or by plane and everything is just every airport is covered up and you don't get a deal on any airline why because presence you being together is so valuable you know grandparents all over the place have said don't buy any gifts spend that money on gas and come see me I just want to see you this holiday season. Why? Because presence, being together is so important. When God sent Jesus, he bridged that gap so that we could be with him and that he could be with us. It is the greatest gift ever. When uh, uh, Cutie and I, when we met in spring break of, uh, what was that, 1993, and uh, we uh, had got to be together all uh, that, that summer, and then the, the, the winter had hit, and I had my second Mustang. You know, many of y'all have heard about my first Mustang, my 67, and that tragic, horrible story. And, um, but I had my 66 at this point, and it was the, the heater core went out on my Mustang. And I was going between here and Odessa to see, uh, see my future wife. And I tell you what, we, that car was cold. That thing was a rolling icebox without that heater in it. But it didn't matter. I got blankets. I loaded them all around me. I sat there and I snuggled down and I drove the two hours with bitter cold and sitting there and, and just clamoring. Why? Because I wanted to be with her. Little I know, I found out later that it was like a Clark tradition to freeze to go and see the one you love because my dad had done it as well in a 66 mustang and went and drove but he drove a lot further than me he drove from brownwood to nacogdoches and back and uh he got back his said he couldn't take his hands off of the steering wheel and had to put the key in the door to uh, like this and squeeze it together and turn it because he couldn't open his hands because he had gone to see my mom while they were in college and why do we go through things like that why would we freeze why would we do all that because the presence being together means so much isaiah 7 says again the lord spoke to ahaz ask the lord your god for a sign whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights but ahaz said i will not ask i will not put the lord to the test okay god is saying Okay, I'm about to deliver you, bud. I'm about to get rid of all of these people that are attacking you and ask me for a sign. I want to seal this up in your heart. Ask me for a sign. If God asks you to do something, you got to do it. You know, if God asks you to do something. But for some reason, Ahaz decides, I'm, I'm going I'm to be too cool for God here. And uh, Ahaz replies and says, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And so here it comes. Then Isaiah said, hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of God also? 
And here is where we get the prophecy, right here. God says this. I love this. This is so beautiful. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. God said, I'm gonna, I've decided what kind of sign I'm going to give you. That I'm going to deliver you and I'm going to be the one you can rely on. I'm going to give you a sign. Here's the sign I'm going to give you. The virgin will be with child and they will, she will give birth to a son and they'll call him Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus was the fulfillment of the prophecy of God saying, you know what? I'm going to give my own sign here. Something nobody would ever dream of, only God alone. That a virgin would give birth and present God living among us. And I said, that's, I'm going to show you that you can always rely on me. I'm going I'm to give that sign. That's what Jesus is about. God fulfilling that promise that we can rely on him, that he will be with us. Because we have to understand that the presence of God is the essence of life. That's why we go back to Genesis and we see before any of this other stuff was, there was God. In the beginning was God. None of the other verses matter. They cannot happen without God. God's presence is the essence of total life. Just like, just like your spiritual presence inside the, your earthly body is the essence of you being alive. As soon as that's gone, whoo. You know, there are people who are still there on respirators and being kept alive and their their hearts pumping but you talk to their family and they go you know you know uncle uncle's gone he's not there his his blood's pumping his he's got a pulse but he's not there he's not there he's being kept artificially alive because we understand that that spiritual presence is the essence of our earthly body having any real life in it it's not just the functioning it's that spiritual presence it's the same thing with god god's spiritual presence here is the essence of life i don't care if you're brand new and you've just kind of you meant to go to a movie and you accidentally ended up in here i don't know how you're here but if you're totally new to this god thing i tell you what you've never taken a breath without the presence of god being around God is here. His Holy Spirit is here drawing us. He is constantly wooing us and reaching out to us. You have never known the absence of God being here. You have never, ever experienced it. God, the fact that this earth continues to go on is God's presence is here. We understand this. I I should have brought a glove. But, you know, you can take a glove and look at it. But it doesn't begin to do what it's supposed to do until the life comes into it. When that life is inside that... It also, you remove that, and yeah, there's a glove, but there's no life there. There's no life there. See, Genesis 4, 13 through 14, we see where they understood. Cain has, man, he's done it. He is the firstborn, sit there breathing, and he goes to murder his own family. And God is dealing with him. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment, because he's, he's asked him to go to the, to the land, kicked him out of with everybody else he says my punishment is more than i can can bear today you are driving me from the land and i will be hidden from your presence i'll be a restless wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kills me he says, you're pushing me out of your presence i can't take this my punishment is too much 
Do something else. But this is too much for me. Why? Because God's presence in our life is the real essence of life at all. Exodus 33 says, <clears throat> Moses is talking to God. He says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, replied my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me from your people and all the people on the face of the earth? It's like, look, if you're not going to go, I don't want to go. I want to be right here with you, God. I want to be right here with you. And that is what... What God answered, that our heart cry in sending us Jesus, it was sending us his presence so we could be reconnected on a permanent, eternal basis with God to never, ever know separation from him. The psalmist in Psalm 16 says, I have made known, <clears throat> you have made known to me the path of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Where do the pleasures exist? Where does the joy exist? In God's presence. And Psalm 51, he, again, is on the other end of it. It says, don't cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. See, this is, this is pre-Christ. This is pre-Jesus dying and making this new covenant with us where we have the presence of God living and abiding on the inside of us. And so at this point, the Holy Spirit would, would, would be on people and would live from people. And now here, that on, with, with Christ, we, are, we have the presence of God living and abiding in us when we have placed our faith in him to deal with that and give us new life. But back then, that wasn't the case. He's saying, I don't want to be without your presence. And again in 46, it says, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore... We will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. I tell you what, that's a mess. You got all that happening, there's some mess happening, happening on the earth and in your life. And he says, because God is our refuge and an ever-present help in time of need. That's why we can move forward with our, with our relationship with God and with our life. Because we know this world can't throw anything at us that God can't get us through because of his presence with us. The other thing, once we understand that God's presence is the essence of life, well then, what removes life? Well, separation from God is true death and hell. That is where it is. I, I tell you what, the, you know, you read and it's the, the, the fire, you know, that isn't quenched and the darkness and, and all of that stuff is, 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 is scary stuff. You know, it's stuff we, nobody wants. But you know what I believe is the absolute worst part of hell. The absolute worst part of hell is being separated. Is being separated from God. Because to be separated from the one you love... And we're going to get to this in a minute. You're like, well, if you're separated from God, how do you love him? We're going to get to this in just a second. But to be separated from the one you love is <clears throat> just absolute agony. And I talked about just a minute ago about you know, me 
Judy and I being apart while we before we got married. And she was there in Odessa, and I was here. And, and uh, every weekend I would go and, and, and uh, visit her. If I, I'd get off at, at 6 on Sunday and have to be back at school for Monday, and I would go spend a couple hours with her and turn around and come back. I mean, we just wanted to be together. Well, then the summer came, and we got to see each other every day. It was fantastic. And so we got to see each other all the time. And then the summer ended. And it was time for me to come back to ASU and to go to school. And uh, so it load me up in my parents' suburban and, and, and come back and bring my truck. And, and uh, it's time for her to, to get in the car and, and go back to Odessa with my family. And I tell you what, even now when I think about it, that was the most agonizing thing of my life. I just cried gut-wrenching tears. And she just bawled. I still can see her face looking out of that back glass of that Suburban driving away and just crying. And for years, she would have nightmares of that day of us being separated. It sounds so childish, but we just could not stand to be apart from each other. I mean, it was just agonizing to be to the one you love and to have this distance come in. And we knew we were going to be together to the point that we were actually, we're about to celebrate our 17th anniversary of this New Year's Eve. And so, but had the original plan, we would have already celebrated our 17th anniversary this past Labor Day. Or Labor Day. Because I tell you what, she dropped me off at school and we both just, I was in my dorm room crying and she was at home crying and we were miserable. And I was like, uh, okay. Uh, let's get married this weekend. I'm serious. And so I went back. I went back to Odessa and talked to my parents and talked to her parents. And they were like, okay. So we would go and get a marriage license and we'd get everything together and come back to here to try to find a place to live. And that burnt school had already started. And everything we could afford had been scarfed up by a bunch of stinking college students. And... Uh, and so we finally had a place, and it was not... I, there was one house that had a hole this big in the dining room floor. Pyramid Beam House, you see the dirt. is that big. I was like, I'll, I'll put a piece of plywood over it. We can live here, baby. It don't matter. It don't matter. I just want to be with you. I'll live with a hole in the floor. We'll rent this thing. I'll, I, I can fix it up for you, sweetie. And she's like, what? And, uh, and so... I, but we were ready. We were ready to do whatever. Finally, in a moment, we... We, we prayed and we sought God, and God was like, okay, it's not now. And uh, everybody was for us, and we were like, no. And, and it was a good moment, and we, God got us through the separation. We got married just a few months later, and like I said, we're about to celebrate 17 years. But it was, it was that time apart was absolutely gut-wrenching. We're here at the end of life. Then the Bible says we're all going to stand before God. All of us, all of us, everybody, are going to come and stand before God. Okay? Uh, I'm trying not to get emotional. Um, but we're all going to stand before this God that is love. Okay? God is love. And has done everything within his power other than to twist our arm and force us to love him back. He's done everything. He sent us Jesus. He, he has sent people to us to show God's love. He, he has provided for us. The Bible says the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Every meal we've eaten, every breath we've breathed is a gift from him and an act of love from him. And we're going to stand before him. And if we've rejected his love here, 
then we're going to stand before God and we're going to look into love itself. And folks, we're not going to be able to help it. I don't care how the hardest person you know is going to melt. You're going to fall totally in love with God right there. You look into love itself. And you're going to fall totally in love with God. Now those that took it and embraced and stepped over from death to life because while we're here in our mortality, this is the only opportunity that we have to step over from death into life. If they've stayed in death and crossed death, they're stuck in death. But then you look into the face of love and you hear these words, depart from me. I never knew you. And I tell you what, that is that college moment to an exponential power as they are taken off. And I think that is where the weeping and the gnashing of teeth is the gut-wrenching crying and just fighting off as they want to stay there in the presence of love and can't because we had to step over. We had to receive it by faith. We had to choose it when we could. And therefore, in eternity, be separated and out of that presence that you love so much. And those that have accepted it hear the most wonderful thing anybody could ever hear. And you stand in that, and we really see love. We think we know him. We think we know him. But we're going to know him so real and so tangible. And it'll even blow our minds. And here, enter in to the joy of your Lord. And it'd be the greatest sound we've ever heard in our lives. It'd be so incredible. Why? Because God's presence is the essence of life and separation from him is the total absence of life. See, Acts chapter 14 says, Men, why are you doing this? You two are only men, human. We too are only men, human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their season. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your heart with joy. He's been reaching out to you all this time. Accept it, take it, embrace the love God wants to give. Luke 13 says, but he will reply, I don't know you, where you come from, away from me, all you evildoers. And there, will be <clears throat> and there will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. And Philippians 1, 21 through 24 says, For to, to me, <clears throat> Paul is talking here, he says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what will I choose? I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better. But it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Why? Because he understands that being with Christ, shedding this skin and being with Christ is so much better. But because of God's love for others... He was going to remain and do the assignment God has for him because that's why we're all still breathing oxygen is to bring others with us. And John 10, 10 says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. John 14 says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, 
the spirit of truth. And the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and be, will be with you and be in you. See, Jesus was born so that we can know God's presence in our lives, both now and forever. And see, as we grow in knowing God better, then we should trust our king to rule our own kingdoms even more. Why? Because he is always with us. See, this season is about God giving us Jesus. And when he did, he gave us the ultimate gift ever. He gave us his presence. He crossed the barrier of sin. He crossed all this stuff. He, he dealt with all of it. Why? Just to be with us. What an incredible thing. What an incredible thing. I want to challenge all of us to embrace and enjoy the presence of God, maybe like never before this holiday season.